It's a mailbag Monday, and I'm answering your questions about Wander Franco versus Bobby Witt, a Dodgers pitching prospect, a Mets outfield prospect, some deep sleepers in the Yankees system, and some outfielders that the Braves have. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And as I mentioned in the open, Mailbag Monday. We do this every other week. At least we answer all of your questions. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can even email us, Locked On MLB Locked on MLB prospects at gmail.com. The first question comes from AJ in the Discord, and he says, Wander Franco versus Bobby Witt Jr. Which one is better? And, oh boy, let me tell you, I got no idea how to answer this question, AJ. Okay, so, and like, I guess you have to decide this from the who has the better career perspective, right? I mean, Wander Franco's a guy that is, was considered one of the best prospects in baseball. Like, not just of that year, obviously, but like of all time. Wander Franco, I'm sorry, Bobby Witt is a guy who is, should, you know, should be number one overall, in my opinion, is a true five-tool player, a franchise cornerstone, one of the next era of big mega stars in baseball. And so when you talk about these guys, you really have to, to figure out which one's better, you have to define better. So like, who has the better career, which one's better, um, has more of an impact, has better stats. Like it's, you get into that whole debate, you kind of, kind of like you have with the Hall of Fame. Like how do you define which guy's which? Um, I think that Bobby Witt Jr. is definitely going to stick at shortstop. He is going to be the shortstop for the Royals. I think there's a chance Wander Franco ends up moving off a of short, not because he can't play it. He can play it. I just think the Rays will have a prospect with such good defense that Wander Franco is going to probably end up moving to third base to accommodate that guy. So does that mean that Bobby Witt's a better defender than Wander Franco? I don't think you can say that. I just think it's something where Bobby Witt will end up playing the more premium position. Um, Wander Franco has an 80-grade hit tool. I mean, he has one of the highest-graded hit tools I've ever seen. And he's, con- I mean, he's considered to be... Pro- I mean, they're talking about like, He's more likely to win a batting title than not. Like, the odds are right now. I believe when he came up, he didn't even one time bat below fourth in the lineup the entire time he was in Tampa. Maybe he batted fifth once or twice. But like he was number two, number three hitter from the day he came up. Um, you know, Bobby Witt is a very good hitter. I don't think his tool grades out to 80. So, you know, I, I think his tool grades out to like 65 or so. Uh, so, like, right there, that's like, okay, Wander Frank was a better hitter than Bobby Witt. Um, power, I think Bobby Witt, I think that's where Bobby Witt can probably separate himself. Because if you look at stats over their careers, I think Wander Franco is going to have better stats because based on past performance, don't get mad at me, Royals fans, based on past performance, the Rays look like they will be more successful than the Royals in the next few years. Again, don't get mad at me, Royals fans. Based off of past performance, I think that's more likely. So Wander Franco is going to have better stats because he's going to play for better teams. Uh, you know, so 
Does that make him better? I can't say it does. It just gives him better stats because it's different opportunities. I do think the, the, the factor that can help make this decision, if you're trying to figure out which of these guys will be better, is I think it comes down to Bobby Witt's power. If Bobby Witt's a guy who goes out there and hits 25, 30 home runs in a season, I mean, 28, 30 home runs in a season, that's that, that's good. Dansby Swanson did that. If Wander Frank was the kind of guy that goes out there and hits 35 or 40 home runs in a season, I think that's a differentiator. That's somebody who is rare. And I think that's probably, if Bobby Witt has a 35 or 40 home run season while playing shortstop, and Wander Franco has a season where he bats 320, um, you know, 340 or whatever, with 15 home runs, maybe 20 home runs at third, I think that's probably the place where you can say, okay, if that happens, Bobby Witt's probably the better player. But in all likelihood, I expect until we get evidence otherwise, because we've seen one guy do it and we've seen, we haven't seen the other guy do it. I think right now you have to say Wander Franco is the better player because you've seen him do it at a high level. You haven't seen Bobby Witt be successful like that at the MLB level. Do I think he will? I absolutely think he will. I don't think there's any question. You just haven't seen it yet. So that's kind of what we have to look at there. Um, either way, good problem to have either guy. I'd be happy either way. I'd take either one seven days a week and Sunday after church. Um, another question from AJ was um, Dodgers pitching prospect Maddox Bruns. Uh, it's too early to kind of know how he's going to pan out, but like, what's my opinion and my thoughts about him? And he's a guy, it is kind of early. Um, when you look at him, he's one of those those prep guys in the 2021 draft class. So obviously way too early. He's only had, what, four? He had, I think he had four games in the complex league last year. So at, at age 19, absolute flamethrower. I mean, the kid can, I mean, he his fastball sits 94 easy. He can run it up to 97, 98. Um, has deception to it. It's a plus pitch. Um, slider. Low 80s, 82, 84. Hard movement. It's got late bite to it. It's a plus pitch. Uh, the curveball, one of those big-bodied curveballs. You know, you kind of picture like a like that big, not a comp, but that big like Clayton Kershaw curveball, that big curveball. Um, it can be plus as well. The changeup is average, but he can feel it. He can control it really well. The issue with Maddox Bruns, and you saw this uh, the end of his high school senior year as well, is his control. He has well below average control and he kind of struggles to stay around the strike zone. And so whether you get a a number three, number four pitcher out of him or not is all going to come down to can the Dodgers help him with his timing and his delivery, uh, mechanical consistency and all of that so that he can throw strikes on a regular basis. Because... He's not, it's not natural to him throwing strikes in the location. He's got gas. He can blow it past you. He can catch you sitting one and throw the other. But can he put it where he wants to? Not necessarily. He just beats you with his stuff. He needs to be able to, that's fine in high school. That's fine in the minor leagues. When you get to MLE, when you get to be a, a Los Angeles Dodger, if you want to be successful, you have to be able to put your stuff in a specific place against a specific guy. So still some work to be done. I absolutely feel like 
if there's an organization that could do it, I would feel good about the Dodgers doing it. I'd feel good about the Rays doing it. So I think he went to a good system. He went to a good place. So start off at low A this year. Uh, and what I'm going to be looking for for him early in the season is I'm going to be looking for him um, low low, uh, low walks. I think in his four games, he had like a walk through nine of like 12. Now, granted, four games, extremely small sample size. But when he gets to low A, I'm going to be looking for, was he throwing strikes? Was he keeping his walks down? If he was, then it looks like, hey, he can pan out as a number three mid-rotation kind of guy for a team like the Dodgers. And in just a minute, I do want to talk about um, some of the other big money systems, a guy in the Met system and some Yankees. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. It is that time of the year. As of last night, they have announced the tournament brackets and the matchups start, I think, this Thursday or Friday. So um, from the odds, Contests, player props, all that kind of stuff. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting need and needs and info. And it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, your news this season. It's obviously not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs. Live betting, um, Vegas casino games, hockey, basketball, uh, professional, you know, baseball stuff's out there now. You can I can finally do this ad read and have baseball stuff out there for it. So Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Our next question is from our friend Jeremy um, asking about the Mets. In this case, Mets prospect Alex Ramirez. And okay, so Ramirez to me, I feel like is a is a guy who is destined to probably be your right fielder. He's going to hold the everyday job, challenge for the occasional all-star game, but he's going to be an above average everyday right fielder for you. So reminder on who he is, 2019 international free agent out of the Dominican. And another one of those guys that just lost their debut year to the pandemic. You know, usually you sign in 2019, you finish out 2019 uh, in the Dominican at the Academy. You come up for, for the next year to go to rookie ball. Well, pandemic, no 2020. So uh, debuted in 2021, spring training, extended spring training. Looks so good. They sent him to low A on June 1st. Uh, St. Lucie. So after June 1st, um, 76 games, batted 258, 326, 384, five home runs, 16 stolen bases. And the thing about Ramirez is, so he chases too much. And what young player doesn't chase too much? So that's, I mean, obviously something you have to work on, but he's got good pitch recognition. He's got good athleticism. And the thing about his swing is it's, it's a little busy. He's got a lot of stuff going on, big exaggerated movements to the ball. What he needs to do, and I think he'll get a lot of this this year, but what he needs to do is he needs to shorten the amount of time it takes him to get to the zone. And then he, once he's in the zone, lengthen the amount of time he's there. Uh, so just some, you know, just subtract some things out of his swing. The good thing is he can make contact in the zone. He can hit the ball hard. Uh, he can narrow his zone with two strikes and kind of protect and do all that kind of stuff you want to see. So he's got a good feel for hitting. He just chases too much, which, again, a lot of young players do it. Defensively, I think he's an average runner. He's got a plus arm. And so that's kind of why I think he's going to, he's destined for right field. He does need some refinement with his, um, with his reactions and routes. And putting him in right field can simplify that a little bit for him. Um, you don't have a ton of, two-way goes like you do in center when you're in right. And so uh, 
Um, definitely a guy, I mean, some refinement there, but nothing's glaringly bad. Uh, he projects to be above average and all, you know, so above average defense plus arm, a guy that I feel like can unlock some power. And you have to remember again, I mean, he's, he's 19 this year. So six three one seventy. he's got a frame that project out, can add a little bit of stuff to it. You put all those together. I definitely think he's a guy that can hold down your right, uh, your right field job for a while. Obviously, give him some time. It's going to take him a while to, you know, to get up there. Uh, don't count him helping you in 22 or 23. But uh, from what I can see, I like how he looks. Uh, the next question is from Tom via email, lockedinmovieprospects at gmail.com. And he actually wanted to know about some sleepers in the Yankees system. And so I've got three guys that I want to talk to you about as far as sleepers in the Yankees system. So the first one, uh, right-hand pitcher Juan Corella. 2018 IFA, so um, played in the Dominican Summer League, lost 2020, obviously. 21 was in uh, Rookie League and then Low A. Um, Low A numbers don't look great, and I'll just admit that up front. Low A numbers don't look great for him, but he's a guy that, I mean, mid-90s on his fastball, can run it up a little higher when he needs to. Slider looks to be a plus pitch, and... He's going to be 20 this year in low A and then high A. And I just think that kind of given what we saw from him at the Complex League last year before he got the six games of low A ball, um, what we saw of him, I definitely think he can pop. I mean, he even when he was in low A, his issue was walks. I mean, he walked 18 guys in 20 innings. Now, struck out 22. So... You know, strikeout per inning plus, you want to see that. Um, I just feel like he's a guy that missed time. And what I've seen of him, and I haven't seen a ton because it's hard to get some of these guys, but what I've seen, the fastball looks good. The slider looks like it's a plus pitch. I feel like he has a chance to pop and become a top 20 guy in the system if everything breaks right for him in 22. Another guy, uh, outfielder Anthony Garcia. So, um, the thing about Garcia is, one, he's been in the system for a while, okay? But absolutely silly power. So he was a free agent in 2017, and I think he's probably one of the best power hitters in the system. Um, just silly power. He's got really high quality at-bats, which I like. Um, he's getting better with the swing and miss stuff, and that was issue an issue for him. He was the only minor leaguer last year that had 14 or more home runs with less than 130 at-bats. He just missed a bunch of time. And so double-plus power, both sides of the plate, which is rare. You don't usually see guys who have it from both sides. Average exit velo is like 91. Uh, max exit velo is 116. Highest in the organization. Again, stupid power. Uh, still strikes out one-third of the time, but his chase rate's not bad for a guy that does that. Um, he was in there as an outfielder. Uh, he's played mostly first base. Doesn't look that great doing it. He may be a first base DH kind of guy. Um, also kind of slow. <laughs> I, I, I've seen 30 grade. I've seen 20 grade on his speed. He's pretty slow too. So um, he's, uh, he's a guy who is going to go back to low A or high A this year. And he's going to go out there and have an OPS of 1,600. Uh, crush balls. He's going to strike out a bunch. If he can more can like get more consistent 
contact with less strikeouts and can give you something in the field, anything. And keep in mind, he's just turning, he's just out 21. If he can give you something, anything in the field, then I think he's a guy that um, can definitely become a power hitter, can be a first base DH kind of guy. Um, again, not making player comps, not saying he is this good, but a career kind of like a David Ortiz kind of guy. Mostly a DH, plays first base some, um, can just absolutely mash a ball. Third guy, uh, part of this is because I just love lefty pitchers. I had to find one when I was doing a bunch of film, but um, Brock Selvich. So third round guy in 2021. And a, a fastball guy that isn't um, has good speed, which I feel like a lot of lefties finding that that velo doesn't always happen. So peaks around 95. He's got two breaking pitches that are average to plus, average to above average. Uh, slider is low 80s. The curveball, I think, can be plus if he develops it. He actually stopped throwing it. The Yankees brought it back. So he um, he had a rough 2021. I think part of this was missing time because of the pandemic. He w- probably would have been a first-rounder. Um, year didn't go as planned. He went to the draft combine. Yankees took him in the third round. But yeah, yeah, he he scrapped the curveball. The Yankees wanted him to bring it back. They have a lot of belief in that. And then he's got a changeup. And the changeup is one of those tumbling changeups. Uh, he's got good conviction to it. It pairs really well with the fastball. So it looks like the fastball as far as arm speed goes and release point and all of that. Um, it's not as consistent as his other pitches, but I think it could be at least an average, if not better pitch. So you're looking at a four pitch mix with the kid. And, you know, had issues with command his senior year. And again, I think part of that was losing a, losing a year of playing when he was in high school. Uh, great makeup, mental makeup, super competitive kid. And so I think he'll go to low A Tampa this year. I could see him as a number four, number five, back of the uh, back of the rotation guy who eats innings. And if everything clicks, can be your number three in a pinch kind of guy, which the Yankees are going to need guys like that. I mean, that, that's the kind of guy that you need in your system. So if he can get more consistent um, with his control and his command, I think he absolutely can be a an asset for you. And in just a minute, I do want to, when we're talking about debates and which guy's better, I have a question here about some of the Braves' um, outfield prospects that may or may not get moved for Matt Olson if they don't re-sign Freeman. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste good, and they are good for you. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. So, uh, take all of the stashes of candy bars and stuff like that. My office is bad about this. My office has um, chocolate candies and Starbursts and stuff all over. And I'm like, just get rid of this. Take it out of my office. I don't want the little candy dish in my office. I'm going to stash a couple of Bilt Bars in my desk. I still get the variety of flavors. Coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream. Uh, there's a Shamrock one right now for St. Patrick's Day. Mint brownie, cherry barcia, all the flavors, all of the fun stuff but it's good for me. So if you want it, like if you want more information about it, you want to go check out all the flavors and everything, go to built.com. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. So the last question comes through email from Katie. Again, 
you have questions, lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com, or you can tweet at the show, um, at lockedonfarm, or at me, I'm at Crosby Baseball. Uh, but her question is, which Braves outfield prospect is better, Christian Pache or Drew Waters? And again, comes back to the Bobby Witt versus Wander Franco thing. How do you define better? So if you look at the skills that they have, defensively, Christian Pache is the better player. And I say he's the better player. Drew Waters has good defense. Christian Pache, the words, like when he was in AA and AAA, the words Andrew Jones were the comparisons you were getting for Christian Pache. Like that kind of center field defense, like generational defense. So Drew Waters was considered like gold glove caliber defense. Christian Pache was considered should be in the Hall of Fame, Andrew Jones, level of defense. So defensively, it's that. Um, Trade value, I think Waters is more valuable. And it's because Pache struggled so much when he came up in 2021 offensively. And then even in AAA, I mean, only batted 265 with an OPS of 744. And just struggled. I mean, he's the fastest base runner in the system. He's one of the best athletes in the system. But he just struggles to make contact. He's got a pull-heavy approach, a lot of strikeouts. I mean, almost 30% on his minor league career. He's tried, um, he has timing issues at the plate. He can't figure out if he wants to sit fastball, sit breaking stuff. He's tried different grips, different hand sets, all that kind of stuff. Just can't seem to, to make it work. And so if he doesn't get, if he doesn't step forward offensively, he's not going to be anything more than a, bottom of the lineup defensive specialist versus like the all-star prospect he looked like he could be, you know? Uh, Whereas Drew Waters is a guy that has also struggled, bat 240 in AAA last year. Um, So, you know, OPS is 710, but at the very least showed a little more power production and shows the potential to develop more power production. And so if you're looking at trading for one of these guys, you can have the guy who you're hoping can get to below average offensively, doesn't have a ton of power, but has amazing defense in Pache, or the guy who has amazing defense and Waters um, is hoping to get to average as a hitter, but has average to potentially plus power and just has to figure it out. You're going to take Waters. If you have to pick one of those two guys, you're going to pick Drew Waters. Now, they're both young. Drew Waters will be 23 this year. Uh, Pache will be, I think he'll be 23 this year. So, well, yeah, they'll, they'll both be 23 this year. Plenty of time. Um, but it's something where, you know, Waters gets, like, it's it's mental for him at the plate. He has to figure out his approach at the plate. He has to be able to understand what pitches he can and can't hit, what he can do damage with, what he has to lay off, what he has to foul off, what he can just... He has to understand this pitch. All I can do is plop this into left for a single. Um, but, you know, his tools are loud. Pache is offensively, there's nothing there. And so, defensively, Pache's better. Offensively, Waters is better because there's potential. Trade value-wise, he's better. Um, overall, better career I mean, as of right now, I guess for the reasons I said about potential versus kind of what you know, and Franco versus Witt. 
I said Franco was better as of right now because you have more of a positive track record uh, for him than for Witt at the major league level. It's vice versa here. Waters, I think, has to be assumed to have the better career over Pache simply because Pache has more negative evidence, you know, not in his favor than Waters does right now. Uh, Waters has not made it to MLB yet. Waters um, has struggled at AAA, but still has the potential to turn it around, whereas Pache, you're hoping he can get to below average. I mean, he's giving you just about... It it, it almost makes me think about a a Billy Hamilton type. Like, he is here to run, to play defense, and we're going to try to see if we can teach him to bunt. That's kind of where I feel like you almost are with Christian Pache. So... We'll see. I really want both of these guys to prove me wrong. I want these guys to come out and have amazing 2022s. Uh, Atlanta's trying to figure out the outfield situation right now. The question is who's going to play center field for them right now. So I absolutely think you know they need these guys to pan out. But as of right now, if you're looking at who's better, I guess it's Waters, but I'm holding my nose both ways. If you have questions for a mailbag, you can reach out to us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. The email is locked on, locked on MLB Prospects at gmail.com. We do these at least every other week. Coming up this week, some great stuff on the show. We have a College Baseball Tuesday. We're talking with our friends from the Astros. We're doing a spring training update with some of the trades that have happened and the compensation and some of the guys who have gotten minor uh, invites to Major League Spring Training. And then we're finally going to do the, the the final Farm Friday for the National League West. I recorded the entire show last week, had it ready to go, signed to CBA on the afternoon. So I dumped it. We're going to re-record it. We're going to put out this Friday. We'll finally do our farm update for the National League West. I hear you. I got your emails about, hey, where's the West? Where are the, you know, where's the national, like we're getting there. I promise the NL West will get their farm Friday. It's coming this week, unless something monumental happens on Thursday. So if you have questions, reach out. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. It really does mean a ton. I hope you uh, do us a favor, like, and subscribe. Again, it really does help the show a ton. Um, subscribing, get that puts us in more people's feeds, helps more people learn about the show. Um, if you have questions, send them to us. Until we talk again, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Oh. Um.